And it's Monday Good morning if you just tuned in 20 past 8 And normally this time we have Pennywise, Lucia mm. So this morning, very interesting And I think it is uh, quite an, uh, a lacquer topic this morning to chat about And it's just the different saving vehicles And the expert, obviously, in Pennywise is West Juna Good morning Morning, Donnie, how are you? Good and you? Good, thank you. Wonderful, man. Lovely to chat to you. Are you healthy? Are you good? Because you're one of those special guys that had COVID twice already. Yeah, I was the glitch in the matrix, and, <laughs> but I'm fine now. I'm, yeah, I'm happy to report that back to 100% health. Sure, wonderful. Wes, that's wonderful. Okay, Wes, a topic that is on many people's minds, especially since July is National Savings Month, is how we can effectively save well. What are the different options available and how do they compare with each other in the market? Yeah, so let's have a look at four different options. And I think some of them people will know about and others are going to be helpful to explain in a little bit more detail. But the first one that doesn't immediately spring to mind but is an excellent saving vehicle Mm -hmm. is an access bond. So an access bond, it's going to allow you to make additional payments towards your home loan and then to draw from these funds as and when needed. And in most instances, where you make surplus contributions to your home loan, the bank will use that money to reduce the capital amount, which means you effectively pay interest on a smaller amount. And the added benefit is that you don't pay tax on that interest savings. So most home loans, they don't automatically come with an access bond facility, meaning you're going to need to apply to your bank to have this facility activated either when your bond is registered or at any stage thereafter, provided you conducted your home loan account well. Important to bear in mind is that an access bond, it doesn't allow you to just borrow or withdraw all the money that you put towards your bond. You can only access the funds if you paid over and above your monthly bond repayment. But because of the flexibility and the ease of access, these access bonds are excellent vehicles for housing emergency cash, while at the same time reducing the interest payable on your home loan. And because your bond is likely the cheapest debt that you're ever going to get, you know, prime is maybe 7%, whereas credit card debt ranges between 22 to 30%. Even if you have sufficient money to repay your bond, let's say, for example, you got some inheritance, it can still be a better idea to keep that facility open and use the excess money to pay off 99% of the bond. And then you just repay that outstanding 1% in tiny installments over the remaining term of the bond. So that way you can always access this extra capital inheritance if you need to in the future. But rather than closing the facility, actually keeping it open at a minimal cost. And now you've got access to very cheap debt in case you ever need it. Hmm. Very interesting. Sure. Okay, thanks for uh, talking us through how we can use our access bonds. Now, what about those fixed deposits and money market funds? Because we know there's so much out there. And what are the differences between them? And also, how and when should we use them and for what? Cool. So, yeah, fixed deposits, I think a lot of people know that they're essentially savings accounts that are going to be linked to a specific time period depending on your goals. And generally speaking, you can choose an investment period of 12 months, 24 months, or 60 months. With the, the longer the period, the higher the interest rate. And the interest rate is, is going to be higher generally than that of a normal savings account at a bank. 
depending on the financial institution you've chosen, you can elect or choose to get your interest paid on a monthly basis, or you can compound your interest at the end of the period. But remember now, different term access bond, this interest is going to be taxable. It's not an interest saving, this is actually interest earned. And once your money is locked away in that fixed deposit account, you are not able to access that money before the end of the period without incurring some sort of penalty. And in general, banks will insist on a minimum deposit amount of around about 5,000 rand when setting up a fixed deposit account. And a money market is an actively managed investment product, like a unit trust. It's invested in a range of instruments, including promissory notes, commercial paper, bonds, things like that. Mm-hmm. And because the money market is diversified across a number of institutions, the risk is a little bit more diversified and spread out. It's not limited to a single bank. And your asset managers of your money market funds, they're looking for opportunities to provide a higher return than a you know, savings account or a fixed deposit account, which means, yeah, you can hopefully do slightly better. Um, but they generally require minimum deposits of around 20000 And accessing that money will take anywhere between one to five days, depending on the institution. So huh. money market funds, they're generally not ideal for, I need this money, like, right now, the next day, emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, because you might not be able to access your cash that quickly. So these uh, money market funds are more suitable for kind of parking earmarked cash that you're going to use for medium-term goals, such as paying a deposit on a house or an overseas trip, or to park your funds while you're making investment decisions. Sure, Wes, that's quite interesting. Listen, so I've got a, a million-dollar question for you now, yeah. So now what if I've been saving through my work pension fund and I'm ready to retire or resign? What is the best thing to do with that money that I've been saving? So preservation funds and pension funds are linked to your employment. So as soon as you resign or you're retrenched or you stop working, you mm-hmm. no longer that limit. There's a choice that you need to make. So that preservation funds is an option that you have, and they are excellent vehicles to house and to preserve your pension fund when you've been changed or dismissed or resigned. So one of the options that you have when you leave your employment is to transfer your capital tax-free into a preservation fund. Mm-hmm. So when it's in that preservation fund, you're not going to be taxed on the investment returns or any growth that you make in there. And all of the funds in your preservation fund fall outside of your estate, and they're also exempt from estate duty. And one of the benefits of a preservation fund is that you're still permitted to make one full or partial withdrawal from the fund before you retire, so before you reach or before you reach the age of 55. But you've got to keep in mind that only the first 25000 is tax-free. So anything over 25000 you're going to be taxed on according to the tax table. Hmm. So essentially, what you do is you actually just move the pot of money away from your employer into your own personal capacity. And the preservation fund keeps that money invested with the same original rules until retirement. And while you are able to access it, advisors are almost always going to recommend that you don't touch that until you need it in retirement. Sure.
Alright mm. Wes You have informed us And told us all about Access bonds Fixed deposits Money market funds And preservation funds um, So I think we know The four vehicles now But if anyone's out there And they're sitting and thinking Okay Like what exactly should I do yeah. I've like learned a little bit now But these are my challenges Or this is what I need to do In my lifestyle They can of course Contact you And they can find your details On our Facebook page As well as sending you An email That's Wesley At multitrust.net Thank you so much, Wes, for Thanks, educating Wes. us. Thanks, guys. We'll chat again. Yeah. Cheers. Enjoy week. your week. Bye. Bye.